and we are live. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, Blake Rafino. Alongside me is my co-host, Joe DeLeon. Good evening. Good sir. Blake, apparently uh, offensive linemen and defensive linemen can't get into fights during practice. Okay. I found that well, out today. I will talk about I'm talk, It's my lead topic tonight on AYS. Is it? Oh, I, I would assume so. Knowing yeah, you, that makes topic, a lot of sense. Let me, well, let me tell you what, Joe, we both played the game. Yeah. We both played the game at the next level. See, I mean, you can't see because of the light. Dude, my knuckle is shaped differently than the other knuckles because of a fight I got in. I literally have scars on my hand from probably where it was broken, okay? Uh-huh. Well, so we're referencing I, the... I, you want to know how I got it? Punching someone's helmet? Punching someone square in his shit. That's how I got it. <laughs> so we're obviously referencing the Jordan Jefferson LSU defensive tackle... Uh, got into a little bit of scu- a little bit of a scuffle in one on ones at the Senior Bowl, which is not out of the normal. Trevor Penning got drafted in the first round after literally getting into a fight every single rep two years ago. So again, not out of the normal. But I almost quote tweeted. I, I didn't end up doing it because I got caught up with other stuff. I was a long snapper in college. I got into fights in practice. <laughs> Shit happens. I was I barely on the field in practice, and I, I got into fights. I can't tell you when when long snappers used to get in fights. The uh-huh. offensive lineman used to make over-under bets on how long it would last. Well, the other thing, too, is a couple of times got into fights with other long snappers during practice, too. That happened oh, okay. a couple of times. Yeah. I never got Take in a fight on with things. an offensive lineman at practice. Just D lineman. Well, yeah, you're not going head-to-head hey, with a, an offensive hey, you lineman. you want to hear the funniest – you want to hear one of the funniest, like, fighting stories I've ever seen? Mm-hmm. We had a guy – Okay, at Southeastern, all right? I mean, long, lean guys. His name was Luis. I lived with him, tight end, all right? So he gets in a scuffle. Everybody liked him, but this new little freshman didn't even know who he was. Dude loves Jesus. Loves Jesus. I mean, I'm talking about, like, praise the Lord, oh, my soul, like, Pastor Luis, okay? My roommate. <laughs> God bless him, all right? Mm-hmm. So this freshman tries to fight him one day during camp. So he hits him with like a karate, a wide karate stance, and Luis calf kicks him. Like MMA calf <laughs> kicks him. And everybody's like, oh, we knew he knew that shit. You know, like you see guys like, and he's 6'4", 235 pounds, like just yeah. shit with rock. And I'm like, oh, shit. Like, he knows that stuff. You know how, like, Denzel, you know Denzel knows, like, karate and shit? Like, Steve yeah. all knows this shit? That's Luis. He calf-kicked him. Freshman didn't do anything else. I the, mean, the only, the only thing I'm going to say to that, not a fan of kicking during a football fight. Any other fight situation, oh, I'm good with. Him. They were squared up, and he calf-kicked him. I mean, what are you doing, Conor McGregor? I mean, <laughs> dude just calf-kicked him. I was like, "Damn, son!" Oh my god! I mean, okay. I feel I feel like most football fights are just a lot of quick shoving. Helmet gets ripped off. That's that's usually the no calf kicked him. (laughs) Best thing I've ever seen. Most of them are pretty dumb. They're more wrestling fights. Yeah. All right. Yeah, usually someone drags somebody to the ground. That's usually kind of what what happens. There's occasional someone will punch a helmet. You know who's in a dog fight right now, though? Tennessee. Tennessee. Man, do we got some t- stuff to talk about tonight here with Tennessee. If you hadn't seen it, the NCAA for what it – well, let me back, let me say it like this. Because I'm going to stick up for Tennessee, but let's also call out the truth too. 
Mm-hmm. All right, like <laughs> let's talk about the truth. Um, Tennessee came out guns blazing, Joe. Pew 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 pew. Guns a blazing for Tennessee. I, 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 what is the NCAA doing here? I, I mean, everybody is doing this. What are we doing? Yeah, we've kind of reached this point where it feels like the NCAA is. I don't even know how to describe it. It feels like they're directionless. It feels like they're just regain power, but it doesn't even feel like they did this from a point of strategy. This is such a unthought out plan. It it just doesn't seem well prepared. All right. We'll get into this in just a minute, but I'm going to give you a question to think about before we get to the break. Okay. Now let me throw this out there to you. Now, if he's on a boosters private jet, and he's doing things that don't fit guidelines, a rule was broken now. They didn't say that they were guilty. They said, hey, listen, we have reason to believe that you took a high school kid that you were recruiting on a booster's private jet, which is not an – they worded it wrong. They should not have said it's an NIL thing. What they should have said, recruiting violation. Well, that's where – right, that's the really good point here is that the NCAA's approach – is flawed it's directionless because this isn't really an nil issue it is a recruiting violation like you talked about the nil aspect of it and there's a really good quote that i'm going to bring up uh from chancellor uh, plowman that said the guidelines have been really vague for nil and to call this an nil violation is it's baseless it doesn't make any sense i'll I'll save kind of the full breakdown here but you're absolutely right the their whole their whole legal case, their whole case that they're bringing against him, it just does not have the substance that would make sense for what they're trying to do if they are trying to regain power. Well, I'm gonna. I can't believe I gotta be the one to do this. I do don't, think that there's don't some be weird, the one who does. Well, hold on now. <laughs> I do think that there's like we got to talk about. Hey, are they investigating something that went down that was like a rule was broken? Like yeah. we can't we can't just say that a recruiting violation wasn't broken. And you got the kid on a plane with a booster. Right? I mean, like, we got to be a little bit real here now. Okay, we'll t- say. Yeah, we'll, let's, we're going we're gonna to We'll talk it. about that. Also, Jeff Halfley, it's just reported the Boston College head coach is heading to the Packers. Uh, our good buddy Josh Pate has been kind of hinting around this for weeks. Um, I wouldn't say that, you know, he's prominent. But, Joe, I mean, a, a head coach at a Power 5 school is going to the NFL to be a position coach. You don't see that every day. Yeah, I think that the angle we're going to take here, because, let you know, let's be honest, Boston College head coach leaving, this isn't 1990, early 2000s, when Matt Ryan was there and when Doug Flutie was there. This isn't the same Boston College that was competitive. Um, they're fine. They put out some decent teams. They're scrappy. Them losing their head coach does not really move the needle for me. You know, we're, we're not going to watch them pull a – a sitting head coach from a big program, they're probably going to end up bottom of the barrel with whoever they end up picking. But you just brought up what what Josh Pate has been saying for months now on his show. He's been saying it on Twitter. We've even talked about it a little bit. We're at the point now, coach publicly has this thought, feels like I'm just trying to recruit my roster and I want to coach football. I don't want to do any of that stuff. And if you're at a job like Boston College, I don't blame him. I really don't blame him. And that's that's what, to me, is the whole topic here is how many more was, of these guys are we going to start to see see do this, leave these lower-level jobs? Did you listen to AYS last, last week? 
uh, when I talked about the front office thing? I didn't catch that. I mentioned it on here, okay? Teams and programs, Alabama just did it. Uh, Ole Miss has done it, okay, which nobody really talks about. A&M is doing it now. LSU just did it. uh, Ohio State is doing it. Joe, you have people that are now going to be considered general managers. They're going to take these type of roles off of the head coach. Hey, man, I'm your head coach. I am your coach. I'm not your yeah. NIL advisor. I am not your, you know, transfer portal advisor. You talk to so-and-so over here. I want you. Like, listen, I want to recruit you. I want you here. But you're going to have to have, like what, you know, I'll give the LSU example. An Austin Thomas is leaving Lane Kiffin. You want to know why Lane Kiffin was trolling LSU? Because the guy that's dealing with all of his portal and NIL stuff just walked out the door because yeah. LSU offered him $300,000 more a year. That's the reason why he's out the door, right? Like, teams are doing this because guys like Kelly, guys, Georgia's done it. Georgia, you literally had Kirby tweet out the collective link. <laughs> People don't, they're not, yeah. I am your coach. I am not your transfer portal advisor. You want to be the, here, be here. This is the world that we, we now live in. And a program like Boston College theoretically could have a general manager, but we don't see a lot of them. I know like Vanderbilt's an example of a school that has a GM, which is feels really, really random that they that they have a GM and they have the money to, to afford to, to have a GM. But this is the direction that we're going in. And I think that maybe, uh, eventually we do have a little bit more structure, but yeah, this is where we're going and more coaches are going to end up leaving. No doubt. Also DJ Dirk into Auburn. I think a really good move for both parties. We'll talk about that. And then if we have time, we'll get to the first year uh, expectations of Jonathan Smith at Michigan state. I can wrap that up in a sentence. You ready? Get to what? a bowl game. That's it. That's your expectation. I think they can too. I, I know that we're going to, we're going to get to it, but I think we that they can. Be. Yeah, we'll see. All right, let's talk about our good friends over at betonline.ag. Guys, if you haven't done so already, go over to our Twitter, too. Hit that uh, follow button. We probably need to be going live on Twitter, too, Joe. Um, we, we Well, I guess we could talk about that. I don't know. Yeah. Regardless, follow us on Twitter. If you're on Facebook, hit the like and share. We're, Joe, I'm posting all of our links or all of our, our short videos on, on Facebook as well. So if you want to catch the show on Facebook, go to AYS Sports uh, to do that. Wherever you listen to podcasts, rate, review, and subscribe. And if you're watching us on YouTube, hit that subscribe button and notification bell as well. Joe, let's talk about our good friends at Ben Online. What's going on in Tennessee? We discuss that next. Ben Online is the fastest and easiest way for you to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, events, with the first-to-market odds in lines. Find reviews for all the news for each league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, college sports, esports and even golf bet online continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information for live in-game betting props and futures head on over to bet online today and use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet use our promo code believe 50 that's believe 50 b-l-e-a-v five zero to receive your 50 percent off welcome bonus on your first deposit that's betonline.ag BetOnline.ag. We're back. Texas isn't. Oh, it feels so good. Today. Feels so good to say. 
uh, that. Just messing with our good friends over at the University of Texas. All right. So, Joe, yesterday, uh, let me come in a little bit differently, okay? I, I kind of got something paused, but caught in my throat. So, you can have point. end point here. All right. Joe, yesterday, Tennessee, it was – they weren't – given a notice of allegations, but we're told by the NCAA that they were being investigated from NIL uh, recruiting violations against now their starting quarterback. I'm going to try to pronounce his last name. You always help me with this. Nico Iamayavea. That was actually really close. I'm not okay, going to correct but... you. Oh, I, I it, it. It's the closest that you... It... Yeah! I am all I am all Actually, you said it so correctly. I think now I forgot how to say it. Nico, I am all I am all Wait, now I can't say it. Nico, I am Yes, Nico, I am all For the rest of this segment, his last name, we're referring to him as Nico. But one of the hardest names in college football. In life, buddy. Okay, life. All right. Regardless, Tennessee is under investigation for this. Let me let me start off here in just saying this. I stand with Tennessee. I agree with their chancellor coming out guns blazing. Pew 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 pew. Uh, I, I'm with her. I'm with the, you know the the governor, the attorney general. Look, look, man, we just paid you a crap load of money. After everything that just happened with Jeremy Pruitt, they find think about this, Joe. They find Tennessee. Tennessee pays them, I think it was over, well over $10 million, $10, $15, 20000000 million, whatever that was because of the Jeremy Pruitt thing. The very next year, the very next year, they're back in hot water again. Take them on, Tennessee. But that in I will admit the NCAA messed up from an NIL perspective. You can't label this as an NIL issue, right? You're not investigating from NIL. Joe, if that kid was on that plane, if that kid was on a plane with a booster, it is a recruiting violation. So let's not act as if like if he is on a plane with a booster, which is being alleged of what happened here, that is a level whatever level one, level two recruiting violation. What are what are we really discussing? Are we discussing the way that the NCAA attacked Tennessee on this? Fine. Stand with you. But if they're investigating the kid being on a plane with a booster, okay, well, I, I, I can see why you have a regulating body doing that. That's the whole point here, Blake. This is the whole you, – you're bringing up – you're perfectly setting this up here. We can't even properly – Talk about this because the NCAA is so goddamn. I almost said F, so goddamn vague about all of these guidelines for NIL. They did this deliberately. They were pissy the minute that they were the ones who lost in court a couple of years ago, and they said, "Here's a very vague list of guidelines of what you can and can't do with NIL," because they didn't want to put the effort in and they wanted to watch everything run amok and everybody complain about it. And we're now sitting here trying to break down an investigation that they're operating in. That doesn't make any sense. You just made the point here. This isn't NIL related. This is recruiting related. It's a recruiting inducement. This has nothing to do with NIL, nothing. They're two unrelated entities. And the fact that they're putting them together 
proves the point that they have no base for this claim. And on top of it, they need to quickly realize they need to get with the times and ignore the fantasy world that money was not involved with the inducement of recruiting of college athletes. Something needs to change. It's total bullshit. And you brought up Chancellor Plowman made this statement. I want to read her statement that she had. The leaders of intercollegiate athletics owe it to student athletes and their families to establish clear rules to act in their best interest. Instead, two and a half years of vague and contradictory NCAA memos, emails, and guidance about name, image, and likeness has created extraordinary chaos that student athletes and institutions are struggling to navigate. What does the NCAA expect when they have done no effort to clearly painting the picture on what they can and can't do, and the only way that they show us is by punishing people? It is bullshit. I agree with everything you just said, but but I'm going to add on. Okay. okay. It is. You know what the problem that I have with it is? At least for just for me. I don't mind structure. I don't mind there being a regulating body. I don't, I'm going to be a little honest. I don't even mind the NCAA investigating if the kid was on a plane with a booster. Oh, right. Okay. Right. Fine. But this is why when Charlie Baker, it was announced that he was going to be the new NCAA president, why I came on this show, I went on my show, I went on the other four radio shows I do every single week and said, he is going to fail. How can you open up an investigation as big as Tennessee's and use NIL as a problem versus saying, hey, this is the basis of our claim. We had the kid, an eyewitness, uh, a testimony, whatever it may be, we have a kid on the plane with a booster. You know, when you, you know, Joe, just throwing this out there, you somewhat did that to Florida State. Like they just well, that did. was a little more cut. That was a little more cut and dry. But it was the same. Di- it was the same difference. It's the same difference. Hey, we're yeah. not going to announce it. We got Alex Ed- Atkins, their OC, red-handed. You know what, Joe? Nobody said a damn word. We're like, oh, okay, S- sounds legit. Well, because uh, but to, look to talk about that though, I agree it's the same thing. But that to me was a little bit more cut and dry. And it was it was a little bit less published because all it was was him driving a, a prospective transfer player to a booster's which I house. Don't mind, by the way, which yeah, but and by that, the way, you know why they're not and they're not going to win this if Florida State pursued it, they wouldn't win it because the Florida State law says that he can. The Florida State law says that coaches in the Southeast. I think all 16 SEC teams, as an example, in their state, a coach can have a conversation about NIL. It's it, it, like all of them passed it. How, yeah. Driving them there is the same thing. Now, I, I will, I will, I will backtrack what you just said. If the guy, if they used a private jet to go pick him up to bring him to Tennessee to talk about NIL, well, then it is an NIL related issue. Why are you backtracking like this? Why? Why? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not backtracking. I, I what, what I'm saying is the way that okay. they're attacking it publicly, at least the way that they have announced it publicly, 
they gave Pat Forty something so vague that makes him look even more sus, as the kids say. That dude's so sus. Makes it look so suspect, okay? Pat Forty reported, breaking the news, sources. It could be, in his quote, intense. Uh, 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 what? That's the f- official statement? All I'm going to say here is, I, I, I'm on. I'm with you. I stand with Tennessee on the way that they attacked you. That's like saying, hey, man, you killed somebody when you ran a red light, right? Like, hey, we're coming after you for something, but we're going to charge you for murder instead of running the red light. I'm not – I stand with Tennessee on that. But there's parts of me, though, too, Joe, that said that asked the question, well, did they break a rule here? Because that should be – that honestly should be what we're all talking about. Right. The the problem is in that where we're at now, and this whole issue has now become ridiculously convoluted because there's an investigation, and now the state of Tennessee is suing the NCAA, and then the, the NCAA has a statement in relation to the suit that is related to the investigation. It, it, it's like this, this weird merry-go-round. That's happening with everything just, you know, swirling around. There's just like different lines connecting to every little different piece to this. It, it, it's a joke at this point. It, it, that is where we have reached this level with NIL. And I know that it's something but that you and I yell about all the rule, time. But if they broke a rule, are they not changing? Because I saw what they did for Florida State. I'm seeing what they're doing. I, I'm just, Joe, I'm not arguing with you. I'm just yeah. asking a logical question. If they broke the rule, if what they're is what they're doing, I again don't want to fight over the semantics of how they're how they announced it. But if they're investigating them on a rule that they broke, I, Joe, I got to be a little honest. And, and everybody calls me the SEC Homer on this show. Everybody yeah. plays the SEC Homer. Joe, Joe, am I am I crazy for not wanting to know if they're out there breaking rules with boosters? Well, what I'm trying to get at here is that I think that the rule being broken and, and the rule breaking occurring here, it it feels ticky-tack in a way. Like how many other instances can we find and easily attack other programs for doing something similar? Like well, we, we just talked about if, if Florida if State just did something similar. If it's ticky-tack, okay, then w- number one, why did Tennessee react the way that they did? Okay, because it's bullshit. It's 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 again. It is total bullshit that they're being the no, ones held accountable. They were just made an example of, and they're trying to be made an example of again. As we talked about, Charlie I Baker and the don't NCAA, agree with that. They're trying agree. to use them as an opportunity to prove that they can still Yo, bring down the hammer week, on NIL. Making an example of them. You know how I know that? How? Because last week they literally came out with a statement about the same type of situation with the University of Florida with Jaden Rashada. That is... How is it different? you got a five-star quarterback that went to the southeast, went from the west coast to the southeast. How is this any different? Because that circumstance is so much more complex because of the rug pull with the money that was offered to him and the non-follow through by the NIL collective, that is a very, very different situation. But Joe, you're fighting over a semantic. You're I'm not fighting, like, I'm not oh, fighting oh, over a semantic. I, yes, you are. Can I tell you why? 
Because Why? Every, I hear every I see everybody on Twitter saying they're trying to make an example out of Tennessee. What the what the f word do you call Florida? All of these examples, they're on a spree right now. They're on a spree. Florida State, Florida, and now Tennessee. And I wouldn't be shocked if that we don't find out that there's another one that comes up in, in the sure next couple is. of weeks. You know who it's they're gonna be? trying. Charlie Baker, Char Charlie Baker came in and said, We need to start you know, putting our nuts on the table and bringing the hammer down on schools in order to reestablish power. And I honestly, the whole point I'm trying to get at here is that this is going to blow up in their face because we're going to get continual countersuits. And the NCAA released a statement saying that the countersuit just merely exacerbates the Wild West narrative of NIL and transfer portal and all that stuff. And I completely disagree. The whole point of these countersuits is to establish that the NCAA is in no position to hold accountable these universities for wanting to get players to come play for their school. There is an antitrust do it? point here. For, that's what I'm trying to say here is that the NCAA, because it is the only entity in college athletics, that they can't prevent free trade from occurring between an athlete and an institution from negotiating for why a certain player wants to go but play But that's there. not what they said they're investigating on. I know. I understand that. Okay. So, again, we're having this whole argument. Wait, wait, wait. Twitter. But the, the, the whole investigation is not – purely only the plain thing it's also the that was one of the most highly covered recruitments in the nil era in terms of monetary value that was attached to a player's name it was sure. so publicly covered that this kid was getting 13 million dollars who that was what, or are you talking about nico nico or whatever the number was sounds familiar it, doesn't it there there was a fat number that was publicly covered and spoken about freely as if it was common knowledge that this kid was getting this money that's where this whole thing comes from. They're probably trying to use the whole private jet thing as a way of saying this was also part of the painting the picture of why this was illegal and violated our rules and you know and whatnot. My yeah, whole point know, is go ahead. Joe, as someone who's done investigations for a decade, yes, if I got you for shooting somebody, I'm gonna look into other things that you've done too. I mean, what are we, okay. again, what are we talking about here? I got you. I got him. I got you. You're on a okay. plane with a booster. I got reports everywhere. And then the NCAA comes and says, hey, man, this is reported on. We're not giving you a notice of allegations. We're investigating the situation. I, I, yes. Again, with Tennessee on the way it feels like in, the NCAA is attacking them. I'm with you. Okay. I'm with you on all of that. Can I get down to the meat and potatoes now? Yes. Can I get past all the ticky-tack bullshit? Yes. Is NIL this? Is NIL that? That's not what I care about anymore. Joe, we're having the same argument every day. We, okay. had, the, we had the same argument last week. My question is going to start becoming, you know what it's going to be? Did they break the rules? And you know what else? If the NCAA is not going to enact it, Greg Sankey, time to step up. If you really want to make it the Wild Wild West, if you really, really, really want to make it the Wild Wild West, let the NCAA go. Let, let there be no enforcement whatsoever. Because you know what really will happen? Because do you really think that the, the conferences are going to are literally going to investigate their own schools the way the NCAA, who is a third party, would? No, they're not going to do they're that. Not, they're not.
So again, I, I can't believe I got to be the guy that comes out and says, all right, now I'm, you know, I'm not trying to defend the NCAA, the way they're, the, everything. Sounds like you are. Tess, no, from Tess Walker to all the other things that we talk about, Joe, that they've been done. That's fine. The only thing that, you know, I'm trying to bring the light. The only thing in these arguments that never comes to light is, did they do it? But, okay, here, this is, this is the issue here. <sighs> they probably did. But the point I'm trying to get at here, by constructing this investigation, by doing the investigation, by trying to hand out potential allegations once the, the investigation is completed, it's not a matter of if they did it. It's a matter of if the rules are, are valid or not and if they're bullshit or not. And frankly, they are bullshit. Brandon in the chat, he is a booster. If you are, if you are doing something like what he did, I'm sorry to tell you, in the, in the eyes of the law, you are. A booster from like, for example, in the state that I live in, Joe, we've had conversations about NIL on this show. When we pay the kid, okay, if I pay the kid, it goes by the whatever state that he's in. Let's just mm. say he's in the state of Louisiana. Well, I know the conversations I can and can't use. If I've already paid another kid I can through an NIL deal, I'm considered a booster. Trust me. Joe, I've been through these conversations. Okay. Anyway. Forget I'm, that part for a second. I'm okay. just trying to say, though, that the rules themselves – we all are in agreement here as college football fans are ludicrous. They're, they, no doubt. They're, they're, they're ridiculous. They, they are limiting the growth and the development of the sport. And it is such an old timey uh, approach to governing the game, the way that it's been handled. And I think that what you're bringing up, we get closer and closer every single day with, with little minute, stupid things like this that get blown out of proportion towards moving to to conferences operating independently. We're getting closer and closer to that. And I, I really don't think that we're that far off from, as you're talking about, Greg Sankey eventually taking over. And I think there's a reason why a lot of times when things like this happen, he doesn't speak. Like, he, you don't really hear a lot of, well, damning statements against the NCAA by well, I got I got to say this now. On, on Now he's got to. Now he doesn't have a choice because the you have the NCAA coming after. Here's the way that I see that: you got him hitting two of uh, two of his schools in the SEC with Florida and Tennessee, right? A team, let's call it what it is. He's probably trying to pluck Florida State out of the ACC. Yeah, seems like they're coming after somebody, and it's not any one of those three universities. It sounds like they're going after Greg Sankey. And I, I, I look at the end of the day, as I've kind of said here, them trying to swing power around is only going to burn them. I mean, if if we have a, a government, a, a state government willing to spend the time to counter sue the institution that is the NCAA, uh, like I, I don't understand how the NCAA Well, they're filing they're for a restraining this. order, uh, yes. a temporary restraining order by February yeah. the 6th. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I, 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 Joe, I hope they win it. Like I, I do, but again, like, I feel like I'm gonna be. Uh, the comments are gonna be so nuts because they're gonna be like, Blake's defending the NCAA. No, that's not what I'm trying to do. Only no, uh, no. 
I'm trying, Joe, can we not have some law? You know, you know, here's my last point on this because we do got to get moving. Here's my last point okay. on this. I am so tired of everybody in their mama going on social media and say, we need law and order because in just a second, we're going to talk about Jeff Halfley and why he wants, he left Boston college. It was for reasons like this. Okay. The main reasons like this. And yet when someone says, okay, we, I stand on the ground with you on everything else. For once, can we say, all right, can we start regulating this? You know how oh, you the, start, you know how wait, you start wait, 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 yeah, I understand by setting precedent is the way that you start regulating precedent. things. But the problem is they're trying to set precedent without having established, clear, well-written, well-developed rules regarding this they don't have anything to, to, to base off of that's where my problem comes is that they're setting an investigation based on vague guidelines that they they've sent in memos and emails to say what you what you may or may not be able to do it they, they need to instead of saying you may or may not be able to do things to you can do this you can't do this i just think their approach is is really stupid it's only going to create more enemies if they actually say, here are the new official NIL rules, here is what you can and can't do. And honestly, with what Charlie Baker had originally proposed a few months ago, as long as he comes out and says the schools can enter within an, an NIL agreement with a player as long as they do X, Y, and Z, the school is allowed to pay said player. That's what we need to get to. That's what needs to happen. I agree. And I would hope that this expedites it. The NCAA is like the guy at the bar that walks up to a girl with big hoo-hahs and says, nice tits, as his pickup line. Yeah, sure. Dolly, <laughs> if we're talking about Tennessee, Dolly Parton-sized tits. Um, Elks 70 says, Nico, I'm going to leave you because NIL sanctions. Quote, unquote, <laughs> that's a good $2 one. $2 super chat. <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> that's, that's a really good one. That's a really good one. Okay, you want to get to Jeff Halfley next? Yeah. Okay. Moments ago, or I guess, Joe, an hour ago, it was reported on by Pete Thamel that Jeff Halfley is leaving Boston College, the head coach, uh, going to the Green Bay Packers. In a statement released by Pete Thamel, when speaking with Halfley, he says, and I'm quoting here, the reasons for taking this coordinator job are rooted in both overall the state of college football and the opportunity to work for one of the best NFL uh, most respected franchises. Uh, your thoughts on Halfley going, leaving Boston College and going to Green Bay? Yeah, this is something that's been slowly talked about more and more in coaching circles and just the general college football landscape. It's something that I feel like it's brought up a ton in just non- broadcasted conversations when you just talk to people uh, that are within the industry that we were really aggressively and expeditiously approaching a period of time where a lot of coaches are just getting super burnt out by the way that the current college game is structured and, and the way that this has led to it where you know Halfley brings up this thought of having to recruit his own roster to stay the fundraising that comes with it that the extra money you now need through NIL to pay players to come play for you. Your premier recruits need some sort of money that's coming with them coming to play for your program. But the biggest part here now too is that the, the year-round nature of trying to recruit is now increasingly more and more difficult where it wasn't, it, it used to just at one point be 
the the coaching cycle, there were a few months off that you got to take during the summer. You know, guys would come on campus, they'd be with the strength staff, and the coaches could take those vacations if they needed to. That's not happening anymore. That that stuff's not happening at all anymore. Where the whole new early signing period has made it impossible for recruiting to be done in a normal fashion. You, we saw guys like uh, um, uh, who's the the Texas quarterback that that just went to Duke. Oh, uh, Malik Murphy. Malik Murphy, perfect example. Backup quarterback on a college football playoff team has to enter the portal because he wants to go find an opportunity while this team is preparing for the college football playoff. It is just a, 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 a massive mess as we just spent 14 minutes talking about it in the last segment and we've spent months talking about it on the show. It does not surprise me that a guy like Halfley, who's in his 40s, wants to put himself in a position to coach for a long time and not have to run himself into the ground. And the crazy part is that 10 years ago, you ask any coach, they'd rather coach in the college game. The NFL is a, is a very high-pressure situation. There's a lot of jobs in college football, like Boston College, where you could go there, you get your team to a bowl game, you're doing enough work, and you're not going to get fired. The NFL is not like that. If you don't go on multiple playoff runs, you're out the door and your ass is, is looking for a new job. So uh, it's crazy that we're at this point now where things have transitioned this far, and I would not be shocked if next cycle we don't see more head coaches do this and take coordinator jobs. I agree because I'm hearing it from people, Joe, that coaches that don't want to be in college football anymore. I know Josh Pate has talked about it. Our good buddy has talked about it. I've heard it from multiple SEC coaches, multiple ones. They say the same thing every day. Joe, we've had this conversation. We actually had this conversation about a month and a half ago on here, on this show. Um. Can I can I throw something out there to you? Is he going to piss he's me also off? Also, twenty two and twenty six as a head coach. Oh yeah, he's not a great head coach. Okay. Yeah, he's a great no. defensive mind. He's a great yeah. defensive coordinator. He's going to be fine. Sure, the NFL will bode well for him. I actually think he's going to be better in the NFL because uh, he's just more of a mastermind and a play caller. He's not, you know, once you get in the weeds and all the recruiting and stuff like that. Uh, I'm going to call a little bit of BS. I will admit that there are a lot. Talk to them daily. There are a lot of coaches that don't want to be here. I also think that this is a step up for him. And his quote in saying that, let's just call it what it is. It's horseshit. It's better to be the D.C. at Green Bay than the head coach at Boston College. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So he could have just said that this is an opportunity that I don't believe that I can pass up and leave it there. He's using this as as an excuse to his players and everybody else around him. I I I, can, I agree that where we're at, he's also twenty two and twenty six. Okay. Okay. So I, I get what you're I, I get what you're saying. I I push back slightly. I I think that you look at the circumstance. I agree, but disagree. He clearly at one point Halfley was considered in the first couple of years of him having this job was considered to be a next up and comer. You know, defense coordinator at Ohio State came in pretty quickly, and I think that he upset Clemson in his first or second year, like did some pretty great stuff at Boston College, and then he stagnated, and he took a step backward, and clearly has no shown no signs of progression since then. I think to that point is, is the real reason why he stagnated, dug himself into a hole, and the only way that, that would have led to something 
is next year he would have gotten fired and it would have been hard for him to get a good job. He probably would have been like a linebackers coach or a DBs coach in the NFL or at another power five program. That part I don't disagree with, but I don't think he's making an excuse. I like, I don't think he was making an excuse at all. I I do think that his stagnation was caused by all the stuff that we're, we're talking about here. Sure. Sure. You're at Boston college. Yeah. You're at Boston college. I mean, I don't, you're not succeeding. I get why you're not succeeding for exact reasons of what you said. He's not wrong in that. It's an excuse to say that was the reasoning though. I mean, Joe, if I leave a job and and I say, hey, these are my reasonings, okay? Either they're wrong or they could all be right. That is the excuse that you're giving on leaving where you're at. Whether it's right, wrong, or indifferent. I mean, I, I look, it's a step up for him. Yeah. Boston College yeah. is not a place. He, he for- lucked out. He completely lucked out that he was able and to look, get a better job in, in being able our to Our former colleague, if I'm not mistaken, knows him well jay crane knows him calls him the wizard like great defensive mind great play caller sounds great remember wasn't it boston college and kansas like they knocked out when kansas was raked with less miles like i think it was hathley's first year they had a really big win i think it was like it was it was clemson maybe or against clemson that was whatever yeah. game yeah whatever game it was I, I, all I'm going to say, all I would say is I, I think it's a step up for him. I, you know who I really hate it for? Who? The players. And I hate it for Boston College because now they got to find a new head coach. Joe, we're in February tomorrow. February. That is insane. Well, I, I mean, I think that. Okay, first of all, you know who else I feel bad for? Those assistant coaches who now are likely going to get fired and new staff is going to come in. That part is effed. Yeah, that that part is effed. It's really effed. That's why I feel like it's an excuse with him saying, hey, all these are my reasons because he's putting a lot of people's jobs on the line. Here's the one thing, though, that I, I will say to that, though. Boston College wasn't really a job yeah unless they promote from within boss college wasn't really isn't really a job that would have commanded any of the top candidates i I actually don't even think any of the mid-level candidates for any of these mid-level openings would have really been in play for them because of the you know the region that they're in like it just probably would not have made a ton of sense i I think that they're going to have no trouble grabbing who they're going to get the all actually the only one that i will say that they could have grabbed. Um, who is the guy that the that JMU just hired from Holy Cross? Uh, that is the only one that I um, would have said would have made sense. I'm blanking on the guy's name, but JMU just yeah. hired Holy Cross as head coach, and Holy Cross was a really good football program for the past five years, which is in Massachusetts. That's the only one that they probably missed out on. Realistically, if they really wanted to, they probably could pluck him. I don't think that they're going to do that. They'll be fine looking for their next head coach. This isn't a program oh, that's really I'm not winning the ACC. About, I'm not worried about Boston College and finding a head coach. They'll find somebody to be their next head coach. They're not going to be head coachless. 
Okay. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm not worried about that. Well, it just matters if it's a good option. Like well, them promoting their defensive coordinator is not a good option. Well, not only if it's not a good option, Joe, again, what are you going to tell the OC and DC, okay, if the new head coach doesn't want them and wants to bring in his own guys? And then that trickle effect goes elsewhere. It's just an endless cycle. It's an endless cycle because let's just say, hypothetically, I, I, I don't know. But let's just say a coordinator in the SEC wants to finally be a head coach. We're not. Who's to say that somebody would not go and want to be a head coach somewhere? Like, I mean, you don't know where this search is going to go. That's all I'm saying is it's a really – it's an, all I was trying to say is it's an excuse from him. Okay. Okay. All right. Fair. I, dude, I feel, like, I, I feel like I'm get off my lawn. I feel like a dad right now. Like you know, the guy that- I said, I, I point at the sign when we when you say this of uh, the reason why we do this show and people like it is because we yell at each other. That's I'm just going to keep pointing. To the- but see, here's the thing: yeah. I don't. I just feel like we're debating. No, yeah, but I'm saying that's why people listen. Well, you could send in more super chats to make us go full time here. All right, yeah. so about good friends at Home Field Apparel. We'll talk about DJ Durkin next. Rafino and Joe show is brought to you by Homefield Apparel, which is the best, without a doubt, premium collegiate apparel brand that is out there. They have over 150 different colleges that you can choose from, whether you're an Illinois fan or a Rutgers fan, maybe you're an LSU fan like Blake, or maybe you're an Alabama fan, whatever it is, even Idaho. They have so many different designs for so many different football programs that I can guarantee you're going to find some great stuff to help root for your favorite team. I've already gotten my Notre Dame stuff. Blake has his LSU stuff. Make sure you head on over to homefieldapparel.com to check out your team's collection of clothing apparel that they have on the website. And when you do so, when you check out, make sure you use promo code Rafino Joe to get 15% off your order. That is R-U-F-F-I-N-O Rafino Joe. Head on over to homefieldapparel.com and get your college gear today. Something I think that guy from UConn's not going to hear. Um, he's getting drafted early. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't. He's, he's going to be a top fifty pick. He's Christian Haynes is a dog. Well, Christian Haynes got his shit pushed in today. That's all I got to tell you. He okay, didn't. he won that rep. What are you talking no, about? He, no, he did not. He didn't win the rep. I mean, he won most other reps too. I mean, that's, that was a that that was a no win rep. Nobody won that rep. No, Jefferson uh, didn't I, win that rep. I completely disagree. I'm shocked that you and I disagree with one another. <laughs> I, Joe, if you're being pushed back into the quarterback and he yes, couldn't all right, beat set, he lost the rep. I don't okay, care. That's that, fair. All right. He. I mean, don't argue me on O line play, please, that's dear fair. God. All that's right. Fair. I mean, first off, he's got to set back more, okay? Can I tell you what I thought about the rep? Honestly, honest to goodness? Yes. I, I think he I think he leans back too much, meaning yeah. That's what I yeah. thought. Okay, he he leans way too back. He lost the rep. You know who else struggled with that? Who? Every other offensive lineman in and the it, country. It, it, He's a smaller offensive lineman too. He's like six two, so a lot of the smaller guys do end up kind of leaning a little Over bit too much. Over anticipating, he's expecting right. a massive hit. 
Right. right. That's good too. I, I just looked at that rep more as like a little more stalemate where Jefferson maybe pushed him back a little bit. I don't I don't a think a little bit. I don't I don't think it's like a clear cut he one guy one over the other. He clapped them chest cheeks. Oh I don't know, man. You don't you don't win a rep and take off somebody's helmet though. You don't you don't win a rep and then and then get and hit somebody in the head. You just don't I fully you, you do that when you lose. Miles Garrett still sacked Kyle Rudolph. Just because he pulled his helmet off and hit him in he the head. He wasn't going one-on-one on one with Kyle. He wasn't pass rushing Kyle Rudolph that, or, or Mason Rudolph. That was oh, a completely different I mean, No, I, I call don't him know Kyle. what his name is. Whatever. <laughs> I mean, he looks like a Kyle. Oh, uh, God. He lost the rip. Sure. Okay. Joe, it was reported yesterday that a guy who actually his last two stops, this will be his third stop in the SEC, DJ Durkin. Staying in the SEC as a DC, he is going to Auburn with Ron Roberts leaving for Florida, which that's interesting in and of itself. But nevertheless, DJ Durkin to Auburn, your thoughts? This is an awesome hire. I I, I was really stunned by the fact that, that DJ Durkin made it this far. And if people want to talk about what happened at, at Maryland, that's understandable. And it's a very right. complex issue. And I don't think that really f- fully paints his picture of him being a good head coach. It's not a, really a part of this conversation. And he but was he, clear of all wrongdoing yeah, from a legal yes. – I mean, like, we yeah. need to make that clear, yeah, too. Yeah. Yes, which is why I don't, I don't want – it's a complicated issue. Don't want to dive into it. Durkin, though, in from 2022 to 2023, is Texas A&M's defensive coordinator. They were 19th and 25th in total defense. Uh, one of the seasons – I don't include, include the COVID year in 2020, but in 2021 when he was old Mrs. D.C., they were 51st, which is not great. And then when he was the defensive coordinator at Michigan. Hey, Miss, in two- it's really good. Right. And then in uh, 2015, when he was the D.C. at Michigan before he took the Maryland job for one season, they were sixth in total defense. Right. Sixth in total defense. So Who can call whole, defenses? The whole point here is that this is a really good talent developer. This is a really good recruiter. Uh, I just look at the group of guys that are coming out of this, this defense in this upcoming NFL draft class. And guys that transferred, Shamar Turner was there, Walter Nolan was there, LT Overton, McKinley Jackson, Edger and Cooper. There were a lot of really good football players that were on that defense that that were really, really nice players. And I think that we're going to see now this crop of talent that was at Auburn, and they've been funneling in all these really good players from the region, all these young recruits, a lot of really good transfer portal players that are now going to be properly harnessed. I mean, heck, I, I think that we're going to see a lot of similarities with this development quickly of this Auburn defense, the way that we saw with Texas A&M, where despite it being a young group, they were coming out swinging. They were coming out fighting, and, and they played some really, really good football games in the time that he was the defensive coordinator. Um, I'm not going to give him the recruiting. That's Elijah Robinson, who's now the okay. DC at Syracuse. Okay. 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 So – the reason I say that, Joe, is because I know of other SEC schools that had an opening from a D.C. perspective, and that point came up. That exact – like, who well, – they got huge, so they don't need to really worry about that as much. So I, I uh, apologize for, for misspeaking on that. Well, no, but you're not wrong. You're yeah. not wrong, okay? I mean, now, Edgerin Cooper as an example. Okay, look what he did with Edgerin Cooper. Edger, I mean, look, the yeah. kid – Joe, I can throw this dip can – to where Edger and Cooper from my house to where Edger and Cooper lives. Okay. Like the kids from Covington, it's right down the road. Orgeron blatantly missed, even though he was told by yours truly, go get him. 
Who am I to say? The, the bottom line, though, is he did. He ha, he has been a developer everywhere he's gone. He, I agree with you. Hugh is going to recruit his ass off. They're going to get things rolling. I don't really worry about him recruiting, really. That was just the question. DJ can call plays, man. Yeah. DJ can call plays. I mean, look, man, with a depleted roster, with um, a head coach that was fired last year in Jimbo, brother, did you see that? I mean, it wasn't until the fourth quarter when A&M started getting gassed that Jaden Daniels started making some moves late, right? Like, he was really the only person all year that somewhat tried to bottle Jaden Daniels. So all I'm saying is, the dude knows what he's doing. I think it's a great hire for Auburn. I will tell you something that I've heard, though. I heard he's a little quirky, but so oh, it fits you. right in with Hugh. Yeah, I was going to say that fits right in with, with Hugh right in. if that's if that's the case. So look, good for DJ. I hate you know. I think it kind of can I tell you can I tell you something? The first thing I thought about when DJ Durkin was let me tell you the first thing I thought about when DJ uh-huh. Durkin was hired. You ready? Yeah. Boy, does it feel like Auburn's taking that state over. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean that I mean that's that so that's a really good point here that this is now the next phase for Auburn being in closer competition with Alabama because it felt like for the past 5 years there was a lot of separation and I yeah. think that they've with everything that's gone on with with um the bore and everything. And we still, I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt to figure out what they're doing, but they recruited their asses off to bridge the gap a little bit more. They still have a little more work to do, but now they've got one of the better play callers in college football running that defense. I'm really optimistic that Auburn could possibly surpass Alabama. I, I know that Alabama I fans get pissed at me when I stop in the slightest if they do. I Not in the if they beat if they beat Alabama this year, I wouldn't be shocked. They almost freaking did it with a way worse roster. Yeah, and, <laughs> and their roster got better, and Alabama's got worse. Exactly. So, good hire. Look, you you got a guy, and look, Hugh doesn't want to. Hugh's gonna be calling plays. He doesn't want to worry about defense. Joey's got right. guys in the head coach who who can be the head coach of defense. It's a perfect fit. I mean, unless it's not a perfect culture fit from a paper-to-paper aspect, it's a perfect fit because Hugh doesn't want to be over there. He wants somebody that can run the day-to-day, everything that he's doing on defense. That's why I feel like it's a perfect fit. Well, the craziest part about this is like, shit, remember a month ago before the Saban? Literally the week of the Saban news, we talked about how DJ Durkin's got to be Alabama's next defensive coordinator when Kevin Steele retired. That was we spent a ton of time talking about that. We did a whole segment on a name came up for LSU. Boom, boom, boom. I'm hearing DJ Durkin. No, you're not because they're not talking. (laughs) But the point is here is that look at the the transition that we go in a month. That DJ Durkin, I mean, even when the board was hired, should have been who he hired. I I think that that would have been the much better hire for for a you know an established defensive coordinator at Alabama but instead here he ends up at Auburn another team's yeah, loss is another one's reward and in recruiting in the SEC like all right now here comes the word damn out. eagle oh damn eagle a damn eagle starts to flapping its wings <laughs> call, call you ever 
Dude, I, can I tell you something? In 20, no, 2008, 2009, I don't remember. Me and my buddy, Todd, went to Troy, okay, to see some friends of ours, Troy, Alabama. Okay. okay. But then went to the Auburn LSU game at Auburn. Cam Newton, whatever year that was. Yeah. Um, no, no, Cam. Yeah, was it Cam Newton? I don't remember. I don't know if it was Cam Newton that time. What I, I can't remember. Was it the Nick Marshall I year? I don't. I don't remember. It might have been Nick Marshall. The kick, maybe the kick six year. I don't remember. I can't remember. Um, both times that I've been to Auburn's football stadium, dude, it is so loud. Mm. It is so free. Nobody brings it up. Nobody. Nobody. When they're good. When, when they're, they're good, good, man, they're it fun. Is rolling in there, son. Yeah. Rolling. So I'm just going to say, don't like the culture is there to be built. It's there to be built. So let's go, Hugh Freeze. Get it rolling. All right. Let's go, Hugh. Well, I guess we'll get to Jonathan Smith on another day. Yeah, let's do that Sunday. Sounds good. Pro Bowl. You didn't hear? The Mannings are coaching. Pro Bowl is the least entertaining. It was pretty fun sports. last year with the Mannings. You know, the te- the flag football. I'd rather that. I could, You couldn't pay me to watch that shit. <laughs> See you on Sunday. Peace. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.